This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by a man uh, in Australia, Gary Williams, uh, who is trying to put on the uh, whole Premier League party from Perth in Western Australia. He says it can be done. The whole kit and caboodle out in Australia to finish the season. Uh, Sounds crazy, but uh, he made perfect sense, as you'll discover. Uh, Also, we uh, had a chat with uh, a guy called Jason Hare. He's the director of The Last Dance, the fantastic documentary series about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, We went back to Russia in 2018. Uh, we also uh, brought you Striker, the Steve Bruce murder mystery. A bit of Don't Ask Me as well. So uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And I'll start with a bit of Steve Bruce, actually. There you mentioned that we'll be running it later, Paul, and uh, Striker, yeah. of course, proving very popular with dance. And uh, he's been talking, Steve Bruce, about the, the game Sheffield United when they played Arsenal at Highbury. You remember the game um, when the Carnu, uh, Sheffield United expected the ball to be thrown back to them. Arsenal's Carnu took it and scored a goal, and the game had to be replayed. But Steve said he wanted to march his players off the pitch and end the game. It was such an injustice, he said. I was so angry, but then this chief of police got involved. Uh, oh. It had to be Widdison. It was definitely oh, yeah. Widdison. And, th- and then he said, we'll have a right on our hands if this game doesn't finish, so you'll be locked up if you don't play on what with Pat Duffy, would be my guess. <laughs> Same cell. <laughs> Do you think that's where the inspiration came from? Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yes, I was telling you, this is a challenge for the listeners, Paul. I I contacted you Saturday night. Fortunately, I I was still with us because uh, I was... Well, you did, or something. Well, I could have been if I I take it... Well, I could like have the been. Sixth Let's sense. be honest. Because... We're going to realise you were dead all along. <laughs> We've only just realised. Sorry if you haven't and, seen um... that, by the way. <laughs> you can't. Uh... There should be a moratorium on that, but anyway, more on that in clips of the month later. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, so I was making a stir-fried prawns and... Uh... 
cooking away, and I suddenly realised I didn't have any uh, soy sauce, which is a good thing to put in it, isn't it? You know, if you're making yeah, stir yeah, fry. So I said, I said, sir, have you got any uh, soy sauce? Oh no, I don't think we have. So I'll have a look. So she has a look in the cupboard. She says, I've got this fish sauce, which is like soy sauce. It's a sort of similar idea, fish sauce. So I was just about to put it in, and I looked in it. It's 2010. I mean, we we moved wow. here in 2017 for goodness' so sake. So she took seven-year-old um, fish sauce with her uh, on the move, not thinking at that point. That's something that won't be travelling with a seven-year-old fish sauce. Unbelievable. And my kids are aware of this, so, of course, immediately I put it on the family group and they're all laughing and everything. But I did think this would be interesting for the listeners. Being stuck at home here in lockdown yeah. and everything, uh, have a look in the back of your cupboard. See if you can beat that 2010 fish sauce. Yeah. Oh, pretty impressive. I'll be, I'll be yeah, this, impressed you're right, you Andy, This is the In lockdown, people are going to the recesses of the cupboard, aren't they? We've been doing a little bit of that as well. So you'll start finding stuff right at the back, gathering dust so uh, go and have a good route around the back of the cupboards and see if you can beat Sue's 10-year-old uh, fish sauce that actually moved moved with her. That's, that's impressive, isn't it? Now, watching Match of the Day on Saturday night, Match of Their Day, which I've really enjoyed. I think I think the BBC have done well, to be fair, and I enjoy the podcast too. Yeah. But you must have uh, really hated Martin Keown's third choice, which is the Tottenham being denied at Stamford Bridge a chance to take it even further when Leicester won it. And uh, it's, an, it's a remarkable game, but it, watching these old games brings back things. I was in China. I remember watching that game, and I set my alarm to get up at 3.45 a.m. to yep. watch the match. And by 4.30, I was back in bed. I mean, it was 2-0 to Tottenham. I was like, what am I wasting my time for? Of course, I couldn't sleep. So I just lay there, and in the end, I thought, oh, I'll just watch the end of it. And, of course, I was glad I did. But uh, it's funny how old games bring that back to you, where you were and what happened. I was uh, I was in the States and uh, I couldn't find anywhere that was showing the game um, in the middle of the day, somewhere down south. I can't remember where I was now. Somewhere in Texas, I think. And I just basically, you said to me at half time, I got a message from you saying, it's two nil, it's all over. And then I started to, I was kind of keeping in touch on my phone. I was using Subway's Wi-Fi. I stood outside the last five minutes when our dream died. I was outside the Subway in this little one-horse town. <laughs> uh, trying to piggyback off of their coverage, and I managed just to get uh, a couple of minutes in. But yeah, you're right, you do. That one lives with me when the dream died. It's incredible. Now, do you see that story in the paper this morning? The Sun have got it. They've gone big on it. It's the uh, somebody was out walking. And they saw a papier mache tiger. Mm. And they thought it was a real tiger. Even though it doesn't look anything like a tiger, but they thought it was a real tiger. They called the police. The police, you know, had to react. So they sent like a, t- a chopper, 10 marksmen were ready to shoot down this tiger, I suppose, with wow. tranquilizer darts or something like that. And, okay. uh, and of course, it turned out to be made out of paper. I'm just blaming the Tiger King TV show. Somebody was like paranoid about tigers. Because so, surely if you saw this, if you saw what you thought was a tiger mm. in the middle of the woods, say you're out walking with Molly in the woods and you see a oh, tiger, yeah. Yeah, well, in it, your it, part it, of the world. It, it, it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. It wouldn't happen. But say it did. You'd, you'd, stare, at it for, you'd stare at it for a while and you'd say, well, it's not moved. It's obviously not a real tiger. I mean, it, it doesn't I don't move. Know if I would stare move. at it a while, I'd, I'd, I think I'd run, Andy. Well, I'd, I'd, I told you before, though, in Yosemite, they have these big signs. If you see a mountain cat, I mean, obviously a tiger's bigger. Mm. 
it does say make yourself yeah. big. It's a bit like a goalkeeper for a penalty shootout. <laughs> really? They say make that yourself big <laughs> and like shout a bit, apparently. But uh, you know, Schmeichel would be fantastic, Blake, to be with if you were. Certainly with a, you would. Know, Bruce's, Bruce's wobbly <laughs> legs would work then. Different techniques. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not, yeah. would be my guess. <laughs> to bring it all back to sport. So there we go. A uh, quick one from the forthcoming marriages. I did quite like marriages. this. Marriages. Okay, nice. Marriages. Marriages. <laughs> Yeah. It's Monday. You know I can't speak till at least Tuesday. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> engagement. The, well, it's true. The engagement is announced between Charles, uh, son of Mr. Mrs. B. Singleton. So yeah. I was thinking, he's a singleton. He's not going to be a singleton for much longer, is he? That's quite, you, oh, know, you should be doing the best man's wedding. speech. <laughs> if, That's well, he out, was a singleton, it? but he's not a singleton <laughs> any longer. They'll be going, blimey, it's like the birthday spread. <laughs> Did you yes, see Jaffet Tanganga, the Spurs defender today? He has become addicted to um, Monopoly online. I didn't know they did Monopoly yeah, for the PS4. Who knew? I mean, I'm not. I'm not down with kids. Do. I do. I tried to. Know, you know, I most people are playing some Call of Duty or Fortnite and stuff, and he's there, he's getting yeah. right into the Monopoly. He's, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred quid, isn't he? It's, 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 it's interesting that a, a sort of young player like that has got into such an old school game, and it's good that people That's can true, play an old school yeah. game like that online because they couldn't obviously sit around the table and play it together at the moment, unless you're around Marcus Rocco's house where they have a little, they always have a ten man game <laughs> on a regular basis and a, a few liveners. Yeah. That's perfect, isn't it? Defying the lockdown, smoke. He's really he's done the, the full house there, isn't he? Yeah. Fantastic. Well done, Tim. And uh, Wayne Rooney, there was a story about Wayne Rooney this morning in his beautiful house. He's got these fishing lakes, which are going to be stocked up with fish, basically, <laughs> which is what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, not? Yeah. And uh, he's going to spend 150 grand on stocking two lakes at his, I don't know how Jerry Lawton of the star knows this, with, con- with his uh, country fish. And uh, the footballer's new pad sits in 118-acre estate, boasts two huge ponds, and it goes on and on about it. And Then it says here, a Google image has showed builders have laid down artificial turf and marked out the playing area for a, f- for a football pitch. And you think, oh, for goodness sake, stop spying on him. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Surely that's his, an invasion of his privacy, looking at him on Google Maps. But I was saying to my son yesterday, if I had to self-isolate with anybody in this world, it would be John Terry. John, John Terry's house is like a country club. He's got a tennis court, a swimming pool, yeah. tech ball, a football bit. It's fantastic. A gym. I thought I might go there for my holidays when this is over. Give him a bell. I'm sure he'd, him and Tony would be up for having you just hanging about. <laughs> Take your, t- take your 10 year old fish sauce with you. <laughs> that might be the deal, Clint. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We bring you um, day seven of our trip to Russia back in 2018 for the World Cup. We just returned to uh, Moscow from St. Petersburg after a few days, and this was the start of the show that day. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Paul. And coming to you live from the hemorrhoid-inducing benches of the John Dunn pub. Yeah, they, they don't supply cushions. They are fairly hard. <laughs> hard. Uh, aren't they? It's all right to say, but after about three hours, I have to just go numb. If you do have the chow fonts, you're in trouble. <laughs> chow Yeah. And, uh, yes, it's, it's been a lot of good fun. We've left St. Petersburg. We're yes. back in Moscow. As you say, we came by train. Mm-hmm. Beautiful bullet train, wasn't it? Absolutely fabulous. It was fabulous. very nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Very efficient and everything. And the staff, dressed in very smart, light grey 
suits with red piping. And we, yeah. we think it's a great idea. We've suggested the management to supply talk sports suits in yellow with black piping. That'd We're all prepared what? to wear them. Not black with yellow piping. <laughs> you want yellow suits <laughs> with black piping. Well, I think we'd stand out more. Yeah, we would. Okay, a nice company <laughs> uniform. That sounds like a good idea. Well, there was a great moment, though, where yesterday we were sitting in a train hurtling across the Russian tundra, listening to Fisherman's Blues for clips. Yeah. I, honestly, it might be time to reevaluate our lives. I think I it might like. be. It was a little bit weird. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that our producer, John Cadogan, is no glasses. I do remember him, yeah. He's sitting about <laughs> yeah. a foot from me. <laughs> his no glasses uh, policy. He's yeah. got this idea. We were talking about it earlier in the week. Where he's raging it, against the dying of the light, isn't he? Really? That's right. He's that been he, told to wear his glasses by an optician, and he should wear his glasses. But So he won't because he thinks his eyes will get worse if he wears glasses, or he'll become too reliant on them. And, and they'll sort of strengthen. It's quite a good theory that his muscles will strengthen if they have to be working harder. I'm sure it is a great no. theory. I just think it's going to give him <laughs> lots of headaches. <laughs> Yesterday's Mr. Magoo moment, though, yeah. was, oh, look at that blue building. Yes, you mean that building with a blue tarpaulin on it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Put, uh, the, put the glasses he's, back he's, on. He's the king of Google Maps. Uh, when we left the stadium in St. Petersburg, our head of football, oh, yeah. who's got a much better sense of direction, said, this is the way to the station, because it was a bit confusing. We that's right, and uh, John, the producer, saying, we're going completely the wrong way, just as we happen across the station. Uh, we had a couple of those. Then we were outside the Hermitage. Yeah. He said, that's the way we want to go. And we marched off that. We said, actually, no, it's completely the other way. So the king of Google Maps, safe in his hands. And uh, there's a bit of a canal smell again in St. Petersburg. So we called for the Australian manager, Bert Van Airwick. Yeah, we did. He's tremendous. We, we we called him in, <laughs> we did. And, and that helped things out. Uh, it was a plug-in. It helped an awful you did lot. You me laugh yesterday. We drove past a building with very, very high walls and barbed wire, quite an intimidating building. I said, that must be a prison. He said, no, it must be another branch of our hotel. It could be, yeah. <laughs> it could be their other branch on the other side of the city. Now, yes. um, the soundtrack to this trip, there's oh, two God. things. One is the producer messing with his headphones. They're now more gaffer tape than headphone. The microphone section where he nominally tells Terry, us what to do. We saw do. Terry Butcher in the hotel today. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea. We could just bandage the whole set yeah, around we should head. have asked Terry for some of that bandage from the Sweden game, see if he's got any. <laughs> but, uh, so the sound of him constantly playing with his headphones, that again, because they're live, are in our ear. Yeah. So basically he's going to have them inserted uh, on the last day when he doesn't need them anymore. Inserted. Yeah. Um, and the other soundtrack oh, is Andy. Oh, sorry. Don't is know. Andy's burping. I think I everybody who spent the last week or so with him, he's, he's drinking a lot he thinks uh, fizzy water is good for him here because it helps with his kind of internals yes. you know he's of an age you know what your nan's like oh I have the fizzy water helps me so he's, co- he's, You'll be my age he's right. given him he's given him constant wind and yeah. Without ex- sometimes even on the metro, people look round yeah. and there he is. And it's, I've decided like a baby. See, it's cute when babies do it. Babies do it and you go, oh, he's burped. But when a 65-year-old man does it, it's a bit unpleasant. And so I was thinking we might wind you every morning. That's a good I might idea. Put, after breakfast, I'll put you over my shoulder. A bit of muslin <laughs> over my shoulder and we'll, we'll burp you every morning and it's just good, try and get it, rub your back and get it out of your system. You can't argue with That'll that. take me back. It's a good idea. And uh, yesterday we discovered that uh, Saggers and Jim Proudfoot yeah. are going to the Bolshoi Ballet on Monday it's night. It's fantastic. Together, yeah. And they're, they're, what they're doing, they're preparing for our new, they genuinely are going, they're preparing for our new station, Talk Ballet. Uh, hello, Adrian. Rudolf Nureyev, was he all yeah. that? And uh, the Daily Bustle, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And uh, the Sports Bar with Matthew Bourne and Mikhail Barishnikov. That'll be good, yeah. It's all, uh, it's hello, all. Al. <laughs> I've never, the red shoes for me all day. That and Escape the Victory. 
That Paso Doble, hopeless. Yeah, that's so. I, I listen to talk ballet. That would be I would, fantastic. I would really. Yeah. Radio Three should have those kind of phone-ins. Shouldn't they? Just <laughs> hello, boys. Terrific show. Anyway, watching the game last night, big shock, wasn't it? Whatever Radio Three is, by the way. No idea, I've never either. heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <And, laughs> well, anyway, we're coming from the John Dunn pub. He's in, I used to be on Radio Two. Oh yeah, well, not the same one. This is the metaphysical poet. I don't. It's, it's not named after the bloke who. Uh, <laughs> he used to be on Radio Two. He used to be on Radio. Yeah. No. Um, uh, what is Radio 2? People... <laughs> We're talking ourselves into a corner here, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. Neither do I. Other uh, radio stations are available. <laughs> mainly ours. Mainly ours, ideally. Yeah. Go on, anyway. Then. Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on. Yeah, go on. <laughs> don't start on that. <laughs> it's a long story. Keep going. Keep broadcasting. Actually... We've worked it out. I mean, there's a level of football watching. Uh, you yeah. and our football editor, David, should have come on holiday together. We'll watch anything. <laughs> Me and John should have gone. Because Dave really is every kick, every game, well, every day. Well, he's football. If he didn't like football, he we'd have a problem. Football. Football. Honestly, he'd watch anything. You, you also very keen to watch every game. Me, I'm sort of more selective. Yeah. And John, I think you're really interested in England and talking. He prefers, he prefers a good book, <laughs> I think, really. Yeah. That's he's true. not massively that's engaged with the world. That's not true. No, that's no, not, that's not true at all, really. That's not at all true. Anything else? Uh, well, I have. Oh, yes, we bumped into Stuart Pierce and Saggers. They were saying they've moved from where we are now, the Radisson Moscow, which is a lovely hotel, yeah. more of that later, to the sort of Eastern European Town Hall that we were yeah. staying at. It's, it was fine. It oh, was absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. Was oh, not, don't start. You're not fine. You'll but be anyway. sleeping on the street next time you die on a trip with Talk <laughs> no. Sport. Anyway, as we walk into the hotel, they said, oh, we just had a marvellous meal here. It's fantastic, isn't it? How did we miss it? We found nowhere else to eat. And right well, in your own, own hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't. Yeah. Stuart said to me, you look more like Chris Bonington every time I you see you. You look a bit more like Chris Bonington? I, I, thought, I thought, what's he talking about? Took me, I went to the, it took me about ten minutes to get the reference, of course, to my beard. You'd, so you'd last five minutes, mate, going up Everest, <laughs> saying to the Sherpas, this is ridiculous. There's nowhere to eat. Got to eat this rubbish again. We can't make base camp here. The Sherpas might be kicking you off. There's no escalators. Kicking you off after base camp. There's no escalators, that's right. <laughs> what can you do, though? And uh, we, as you were telling Alan, we did have a, a meal in the pasta uh, place in the Station. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And we were looking for somewhere. We were looking for somewhere to eat, and uh, there was a Burger King there. And you said, "No, let's go to Burger Station." And then we worked out it was an hour and twenty-three minutes from an the hour and twenty-three minute walk. So that went down. But yeah, it's very, as we said to Alan earlier on, it's very much a bit of a trait over here that mm. um, things like like yesterday, uh, a couple of boys wanted Coca-Cola. I wanted a, a beer. And, and it's a bit, you get a lot of crybaby yeah. Jim Breaks, the old wrestler. You get a lot of, no, no, no. No, no, I say, oh, no, well, no. not Coca-Cola. No, no, no. Uh, what about this beer? No, no, no. That beer? No, 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 no. That beer? No. no. It's a Consuelo. It's a, gets a, but anyway, you, and then it, I said, look, just tell us what you have got. And so in the end, she goes, we've got that, and we've got that, and we've got that to eat, and we haven't got the way they brought much the, simpler. We all, we all four ordered at the same time. Yeah. Uh, then my meal came first, then my cutlery, yeah. then uh, your meal, yeah. then your cutlery. Yeah. And then, no, David's meal, that's right. And then you, you two. <laughs> Did it matter? We've completely finished and you were still waiting for yours. We, yeah. We, we, more of that Not later. that we're complaining. It's, as we said, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, 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 in the end, you get used to it and you quite like it. There we go then. Yeah, I've forgotten about that, Andy. I've forgotten about that really odd thing of having 40 things on the menu, but they don't tell you they've only got four of them. That was, yeah, exactly. would drive you mad in the end. But it's a, it was, anyway, there we are. More from Russia tomorrow. Uh, Striker. We're going to bring you uh, Striker now. Uh, we haven't got time for the Ooh, recap. Good. 
Um, oh, so good. I'm just, I'm just, going, it's great. This I haven't got time for the recap. So um, I'm now trying to get up the recap on my computer, which I've now got. So let's rejoin Steve Bruce's murder mystery series, Striker, <laughs> and we'll pick up from where we left off on Friday's episode. Steve Barnes, the manager of Lettersford Town, is holding a press conference ahead of the big game against Fulton on the weekend amid a murder investigation. Take it away, dance. The murder, if it was murder, is a matter for the police. Where are the police? A woman screamed her question, as if their absence from this briefing were in some way reprehensible. The police are investigating, I said. I'm sure they'll make a statement when they're ready. The club and all members and employees will cooperate fully with the police in their inquiries. Everyone wants to find out who committed this terrible, this terrible deed. I stood up. Tears were stinging my eyes. I'd had as much as I could take for one day. The memory of Pat Duffy, dead in the locker room, was too much. I may be in a position to make a statement later on, I said. The reporters crowded in on me. I'm a big man, and I could have carved out a passage for myself through the rock. However, I was on TV, and the slightest suggestion of roughness on my part would be noted. For my sake, for the sake of the club, it was essential that I remain gentlemanly and dignified. I parried a battery of questions with as much politeness as I could muster until I was able to reach my own office and close the door behind me. That was well handled, Steve, Sir Lawrence said. I thanked him. We have to carry on as normally as possible, he continued, but I do not like the idea of a press gang besieging you at the training ground for the rest of the week. I need to be occupied, I said. Physical activity is essential at a time like this. You could slip away for a few days holiday, Bill suggested. But that might seem heartless, young Duffy being dead. That decision I shall leave to you, Sir Lawrence said, quietly, in his usual well-modulated voice. I have every confidence in you, Steve. He paused. I shall be in my office. I suspect that this is going to be a very long week. A very long week indeed. There we are then. Fantastic. Uh, Steve Bruce's murder <laughs> mystery unfolds. He couldn't go on holiday. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you mind, please? Do you mind if I go on holiday while you yeah. investigate this murder <laughs> that I'm the Brazil. chief suspect for? <laughs> yeah. You have a couple it's of weeks in Torremolinos. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. You'll be aware of Project Restart. We've been talking of little else, of course, the the attempt Mm. to get Premier League football uh, back on, and apart from playing it at neutral grounds in this country, one or two uh, places overseas have been mentioned, including Malta, for example. But this one's pretty audacious. It's Perth, Western Australia, and there's quite a detailed blueprint for it. And uh, here to tell us more is the man behind it, uh, the uh, football agent who's out uh, in Perth, Gary Williams. Gary, uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Good day from WA, lads. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, when it, this is all your idea, isn't it? And I think you've, you've, you've put it to a few Premier League clubs. What's their, what's their reaction been? The reaction's been absolutely brilliant, mate. It was an idea that we'd come about. Me and a Bromley mate of mine sitting chatting. He's telling me how good the Villa are going to survive relegation. And then we started discussing about whether the Premier League would go on. And then we thought about this idea... So I've ended up ringing up a few clubs and a few people that I know in the game and we got a, a real good report back from it. So the next step was, was to go to the government here and see if it's a viable proposition to move forward. That was just Friday and Saturday and then of course it's hit the news all around the world now and just gone mega. So I've had, I've had major meetings with government today and that's all been positive. Over here you've got the federal government and you've got the state governments. Federal government runs the country. The state runs the Western Australia and Perth. So a federal senator got involved. He liked, I had a chat to him. He liked the idea. Put me in touch with the uh, Minister for Sport for West Australia, Mick Murray. He, he pushed the idea forward a bit further. And then um, today, the, uh, the sports, the federal sports... The Federal Minister for Health for Sport has said that um, it got no. He wouldn't oppose it if everybody agreed with the um, regulations and criteria for health. Now the situation in Perth at the moment, health-wise, mm. is we've gone we've gone five days now with no corona, no new corona, even though we've up the um, all the testing. And we've only got one five fifteen active cases over here. 
And well, that sorry, Gary. That that's yeah, like. Sorry, that does lead to the question. Uh, our own Perry Groves was quite critical of this idea of playing the games overseas. And he made the point that, uh, you know, you say you've got a very low infection rate in Perth. And so... Yeah, who, can... who, made, who made this comment? Sorry. Uh, Perry Groves did on one of the shows. Perry Groves was a former Arsenal yeah, player. Who, who, yeah, yeah per- Perry said that he felt it was a bad idea to play the games anywhere abroad because you're basically you know we've got a very high rate of uh, of infection sadly at the moment and so we're importing uh, our issues to you where you don't really have them i mean how that so but you don't think that's an issue with the health minister or the or the sports minister no 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 as i said the health minister the federal health minister for sports on the radio station that i was on in melbourne today said as long as the criteria for health regulations is met he would not oppose it and um, that's you know that's all about basically getting all the all the regulations met on the health system. And there's no safer place for the lads to be playing than over here. We've got the stadiums, we've got the hotels, and of course we've got the health record now against this corona. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about the time difference, Gary? Though, I mean, I, I, when would the matches have to kick oh. off? Like seven o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's the problem, no, isn't no, it, for no, the European settle market? Settle, settle down. We're seven hours in front of you. If we kick off there at six o'clock, eight o'clock, and ten o'clock on the evening, ten o'clock on the evening is three o'clock on the afternoon for you guys. Ten o'clock is one, so it'd be eleven, one, and three. And if we kick off early, earlier in the afternoon, it could be 9, 11, 1 and 3. So the time difference is absolutely fantastic. We're only seven hours in Perth, where it's 10 hours over east. Right. Uh, and how far down the road are you with this, Gary? I mean, realistic, I mean do you, are you, how realistic an option do you think this is? I mean, what's your next step? So you've spoken to a few clubs, um, but what, what's the next well, step? I, 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 the next step is I've uh, emailed um, the Premier. I've been in touch with the Premier at the League all the way through on this. Remember, this is only Plan B. Mm-hmm. We know that Plan A is to play the neutral games. But I've, I've heard there's a lot of problems with them and there's a lot of worry about too many fans, like Spurs versus Man U at Villa Park. You'd have loads of fans around there and loads of problems. So we've heard this loads of... We're putting this on the table as Plan B. So the Premier League... I've emailed the Premier League today with what's happened today regarding the criteria criteria, and the viability. And it is viable if we get enough notice. Now, for example, the um, the NRL here, the Rugby League, mm-hmm. they're kick-starting on May the 28th over here. And the New Zealand Rugby League side, Nomad, have just flown over from New Zealand. Now, they're in isolation, but they're training every day. So everything's possible. Mm. Well, do you think the players would want to be, and everybody involved, the managers, the staff, the broadcasters, they want to be literally on the other side of the world from their family while this crisis is going on? That, that could have a bearing on a decision like this, mm. couldn't it, Gary? It could have a good bearing there's nothing stopping the families coming out. And then once they've done their isolation, we're walking around the streets now. The beaches are open. The golf courses are open. We've started training at the academies. And we're allowed to train in groups of 10. And every day, there's more restrictions being lifted and lifted. 
As for the players, as for Man United and Chelsea and Leeds players who played over here at the end of the season at the Optus Stadium, whether they'd rather be playing at Optus Stadium, Perth or Villa Park, Birmingham with all the health problems. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, and I, and I, and I, go on. Um, no, I'm just saying, look, it's an interesting thought. It, it, feels, it feels kind of unrealistic, but as you kind of map it out there, you've, you've thought of all the angles and you've got support mm. out there. As you said, it is very much a plan B. I'm also interested, you're a Villa fan, I take it, Gary, are you? No, let's go West Brom, mate. Oh, West Brom, okay. Oh, I was going <laughs> oh, to, you were talking it. about the Villa, so I just wondered. Um, I just wondered about this. Well, I'll tell you, okay, this, this could have a bit. I've got a few Villa mates listening. Well, this can have a bearing on, on your club as well because they're, they're, we've got some clubs in the Premier League know, calling for no relegation. They say they don't want relegation because it's going to be played at neutral venues. So, how, I mean, you're an Albion fan. The idea you might have, tw- you maybe have 22 teams in the Premier League uh, potentially for one season. I mean, how do you feel about the idea of these games being played without relegation? As long as the Albion go up, I'm not bothered on it, mate. But I think there'll be a problem there with... Um, because I, I think the Premier League says you can only have 20. They've got to change all the rules and regulations. Yeah. Everybody's got to be a bit careful on this, mate, because in the in, in the end, there's going to be a lot of high court judgments flying everywhere, isn't there, if it's not done right by everybody? No, that's something that Simon Jordan was saying on TalkSport. Gary, good to talk to you. We'll, we'll watch what Thanks, happens Gary. with interest. Good to talk to you. Keep safe. Thanks very much. All the, all the best. <clears throat> Let me just say hello, Mum. You all right, Mum? <laughs> there we are, Gary. Just two-way family favourites. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. I don't know if you saw that story about Amir Khan and his wife that have been uh, criticised for playing a prank on their child, telling the five-year-old girl that Hollywood star Bradley Cooper was her dad. I don't know if you saw that. My parents did this to me. I, I sort of sort of chimed with me a little bit because uh, when, when I, my parents were, before I was born, they went on a cruise. And yeah. the guy on the cruise that looked after them, I think he was the chief steward, was a guy called Peter Glass. And my dad, who had a bit of a potty sense of humour, he, he sort of quite enjoyed telling me and, and perpetuating this myth that Peter Glass was, in fact, my father. I never actually met this man. And I do look quite like my dad, so I had to presume he was joking, but still. <laughs> so, so he was, he was hinting that on this cruise, uh, your mum would <laughs> yeah. uh, sort of sneak off and, and get together with Peter Glass, the, the head steward. Yeah. And also, apparently, he was incredibly good-looking, so I know he definitely isn't my dad. There you go. (laughs) How old were you when uh, you were were being told this? I'd say probably seven or eight, that sort of time. Five is very young, and they they deleted the thing. It did sound like they took it a bit too far, but there you go. And, uh, of course, in the modern way, social media, I think, makes people do this stuff. They think it'll be sort of fun to put on there, and you know, and suddenly they realise, and they put it up there, and they think, mm, no, perhaps not. Perhaps it wasn't a good idea. But there you go. I survived, so hopefully she will too. Yeah. And uh, didn't, Obviously didn't damage you, Andy. A very well-adjusted yeah. individual, as, oh, as yeah. anybody who's listened to you over the What's years a- will know. Yeah. I know. And uh, what else have we got here? Oh, yes, there's a, there's a new plan. And this is actually an interesting point. This There's a new plan for selling houses because mm. you can imagine that it's quite difficult. So they're saying that no, the idea is that people who are selling their houses will have to wait in the garden and clean before and after viewings in a plan being drawn up for ministers. But you think, 
you imagine that somebody comes around to see your house? You go and stand outside. Meanwhile, they just clean out every, all your valuables. <laughs> it would be a disaster, wouldn't it? I can't see that working at all. But uh, how you, yeah. anyway, I suppose... I'll take it the estate agent will walk around with them, will in a mask and socially distancing? You can't just... Otherwise, it'll be a... People just turn up in stripy jumpers <laughs> with masks on. Well, eye masks. It wouldn't be a... Swag bags. It wouldn't be a great so. idea. And, it's not going to work. I won't won't go into too much detail here, but a a serial flasher has been jailed after walking home from a town centre Witherspoons wearing see-through trousers and no underwear. And I think, where do you buy see-through trousers? Not that I particularly wear them myself, but it's not an item that you can find, is it? Well, the the only time I ever saw the (laughs) see-through trousers were on Iggy Pop. It was on a TV show called The The White Room, which was a kind of, it came after, I think it was the Mm. same people that put the tube together. It was like a music show. It was a good show. Yeah, And Iggy Pop went on one night and was wearing basically plastic trousers, like see-through, like like a plastic bags, <laughs> but made of obviously a, a, that sort of a heavy-duty plastic bag, and they were a pair, like a pair of jeans made, so completely see-through, no undercrackers on, and uh, oh, no. I just had the image of him, they, they had to shoot it from various different angles, so it wasn't too revealing, even though it was post-watershed. But there's these couple of girls, I think they filmed up in Newcastle, there's a few girls at the front row watching him perform, they, do, they don't know where to look. I mean, it's... I'm not surprised. So they're not easy to find the old see-through trousers, so you have to really go out of your way, uh, I would imagine. Anyway, should we bring you the clips of the and, month? Oh, yeah. Andy, do you oh, want yeah, to go do, on then, yeah. Do you fancy some clips of the month? Yes, you right, definitely then. do. Go on. Well, we'll do that then. Let's, 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 let's do it. Yes, time then for the clips of the month, and you'll be able to vote for your favourite. We'll play it just before um, four o'clock when Adrian and Goffey join you for Drive. I'm going to start with Ray Parler on breakfast, issuing a come and get me plea to Classic FM. On this way in 1800, this absolute floor filler hit the charts. Absolute classic. Yes, on this day, 220 years ago, Ludwig van Beethoven put yes. in his first Who? performance of Symphony in C. There we are. Ludwig van Beethoven. <laughs> Mar- Marvellous. Ludwig. It? Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. This is a caller now to the sports bar with Andy and Jason. John's an Arsenal fan. He's first up. Hello, John. Good evening. John. Jonathan. Hello. Hello, John. John, John, John. Hello. Yeah, Hello, John. John. Keep talking now, John, because we can hear you. Go on, John. You can hear me now. Yeah. But, John. But, I mean, we, we need more than just "Can you hear me now?" We need more words. All oh, right. Well, mouth. no one told me I was coming on. Jo- surely, when someone goes, "John, you're up next. Can you hear us?" You go, "Yeah, I can hear." You. Hello, boys. Surely you do that. Well, I wouldn't mind, but my name is James. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It's I wouldn't Can I mind. just put in a? Yeah, <laughs> just put a word in for their show. Their Thursday, the first hour of their show on Thursday night is very, very funny. The Sports Bar Pub. So I recommend. I listened to it last week as well. I recommend it. It's Good stuff. Now, um, Andy, lockdown gives you a chance to watch films you, you've never seen before, but I've always meant to watch. And that, for me, 
It's Braveheart, uh, Mel Gibson, of course, from 1995. Mm. And I've always wanted to, I've never got around to watching it. And uh, mm. I think Goffey mentioned it on Drive uh, during the April. And he said it was one of his favourite films. Here he is talking about it, hopefully with, with no spoiler, so I can still enjoy the film uh, when I watch it. It's a great story. Basically, his father and his brother are killed, obviously fighting the English. He goes away to Europe to be educated. Um, when he comes back, he marries his sweetheart. Um, but uh, then that's where it all starts to go downhill. She's captured, tortured, whatever it is. Oof. Sends him over the edge. He then wants to fight the English. He hates the English. He gets caught, obviously, when the nobles uh, betray him. Right, he's executed. <laughs> The basically <laughs> end up chopping him to bits and putting him everywhere, and then um, Robert the uh, the Bruce he leads Scotland to victory in the Battle of Bannockburn. Yeah, maybe I'll watch Lethal Weapon instead. <laughs> Don't see much point now, does there really? <laughs> I love, no, I love Goffy's Scottish accent. Battle of Bannockburn. Bannockburn. <laughs> He's doing Blackburn. He got a bit East Lanks, didn't he? <laughs> It wasn't great, was it? Now, this is a Faker Others and Darren Bent with the TalkSport quiz. Raheem Sterling is a key member of the England national team. Yeah. But, but which other country was he also eligible to play for? And you've oh, got dear. You've got a clue. They're a member of the Caribbean Football Union. And the last call-out gave us the answer, Trinidad and Tobago, and that was wrong. Um, Caribbean... Uh, we're not having any, not on, not on any chance to think about it. It's come as a bit of a, a, a shock. This one, at Faye. Well, that's what a quiz is all about, Ian. I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just <I'm laughs> Ian's logic. Well, I didn't know this question was coming up, so I've had no time to revise for it. It's not an exam, Ian. It's a quiz. Now, you, you may recall the US movie expert Kent Garrison uh, has had a long-term issue with the word onus. Well. Uh, he was back on the sports bar during April, and he was at it again for the fourth time. You know, like I said, the big question is, the anus is on them if Brian Krantz is, is going to come back or not. The first one was supposed to be Harrison Ford. The second one was, was obviously Luke Skywalker, and this third one was supposed to be Princess Leia. She's no longer here, obviously, and, and so, you know, the anus is on them to kind of make it work. Right. Netflix... UK has some recent films. You know, the anus is on you to find whatever you want to watch. Pulp Fiction? Where's Pulp Fiction? You know what? I almost added this to the list, but I didn't know your, your guys' thoughts on it. I thought it would be a little right. cliche to talk about it, but, you know, uh, I guess the anus is on me for not putting it on there. It's onus, Ken. It's onus. <laughs> it's not the other word. Um, so, um, I'm sure he'll be back Why with the Why does he one. find another word for onus? I haven't got my thesaurus in front of me, but presumably there's another word for onus, the obligation. What, would, what other word could he use? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, kind of quite, I'm, quite, I'm quite tempted to contact him and tell him, but I kind of feel that the anus is on him to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's good. next, finally, Andy? Oh, sorry, I thought that was the end of it. I I'll join it. Have I'm you got your page? No, no, I've got, it, I've got it here. And finally, here's Alan Brazil on breakfast, looking ahead to a big virtual darts match. Don't forget, live sport and talk sport tonight. We bring you commentary of legendary darts match. Phil the Power Taylor takes on old arch enemy, Raymond Vanderbilt, in a yeek darts match. <laughs> he did say Raymond Vanderbilt and a yeek there, didn't he? Should we just Raymond check? Vanderbilt and a yeek? Yeah, Raymond Vanderbilt and a yeek. Um, <laughs> of his event act or something. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. I got up to speed with uh, 
The episode's available on Netflix of The Last Dance uh, over the weekend. Uh, two more uh, will appear, of course, today on Netflix. I'll be getting stuck into them. It's a fantastic series. I, I'm not the greatest basketball expert, but it's it's really hooked me as a as a series. A fantastic story. It, it tells the, the story of uh, the Bulls and Michael Jordan, the, the centre of it, really, around the 97-98 season. Uh, the final season there, but um, it, it's more than that. And joining us now, we're very pleased to say, is the director of The Last Dance, uh, Jason Hare. Good afternoon, Jason. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we'd say we're well. Congratulations, mm. because uh, I, I, we're all very much enjoying it over here, and it's it's been a big critical success. So you must be very pleased. Uh, yeah, we're, we're actually we're still making it, so it's it's bizarre because we're still finishing the, the final episode, and we kind of pop our heads out every once in a while just to see how people are reacting. But the response has been really positive, so so um, it's great to see. Of course, you've got the advantage of an amazing cast of characters, no least the the greatest player of all time, and and Jerry Krause, who is just something else. I mean, he's he's perfect for a documentary maker. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's um, uh, Jerry, if I could speak to one person for this that we didn't get to speak to, it would have been Jerry Krause. Unfortunately, he passed away about a year before we started rolling cameras. Uh, we're still in the research phase when Jerry yeah. passed away. But, you know, he'll you, you'll see he, he's cast uh, as a bit of a villain at the beginning of this thing because uh, the Bulls and indeed the city of Chicago hmm. uh, considered him the villain. He, they considered him the guy who was breaking this team up. But um, as the episodes go on, I think you'll see that it, it, it's a little bit more fraught than that. Yeah, the, 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 for those that haven't seen it yet, um, it really is that story. That's that's the kind of it's all built around the, this '97, '98 season. Although you are kind of going back in time, we're seeing the story coming together of all the main protagonists. But you focus on that season and the decision by Jerry Krause then to effectively break up the team and get rid of the coach, Phil Jackson. The effect that has uh, on the players. Um, uh, and this footage, amazing footage, all the behind-the-scenes stuff from that 97-98 season, was was that the kind of catalyst for making it? Was When you realized you had this stuff that was kind of gold, uh, did everything else kind of come from that? Yeah, that that was the impetus um, for for the better part of 20 years. Um, they've, they've wanted to make this documentary. So when they allowed cameras in, uh, that 97-98 season when they recognized this was going to be Michael's final year with the Bulls and, and the last year of the Bulls dynasty, win or lose. Um, the NBA had the idea to embed those cameras and, and they did it um, on the condition that they would only get released with Michael's permission and participation in a documentary. And that was in 1998 when that season ended. And uh, you know, the idea of a 10-hour docu-series for anything, let alone sports, didn't even exist at the time outside of like the Ken Burns world. Hmm. So they waited and waited and, and they went to Michael every, every couple of years and asked him if, if he'd be willing to uh, participate in the doc and the timing was never right. And finally, 18 years after they shot it uh, in 2016, he gave a go ahead and said, okay, uh, you can release the footage and, and we can tell this story. And then I was brought on after that. So I wasn't a part of those negotiations. Uh, once they had his participation is when they started the search for a director. 
I am a basketball fan and uh, I, I loved Jordan when he played, of course. But one of the great things about the documentary is the footage that you have of the team actually playing. I mean, you sometimes when, it, when 20 years go by, you forget how great a player was. He was really remarkable. That, the game where he scored 63 points, was it, in one game, I think? A, a playoff game or something like that. I mean, he was a special, special talent. I was there for that game uh, when he scored 63. I was with my dad. I was nine years old uh, in the stands. Um, and then especially when you see the, the film footage, I, I had never seen Michael play in HD. He had always been kind of a blurry standard definition uh, highlight reel in my mind, even when I was a kid watching him live. Just to see him that vividly now, and, and that film is, is shot so well, and, and our team did such a great job in restoring it, uh, and making it into 4K film, it looks like it was shot yesterday. So, you know, that there was a popular myth out there for a while that was prevalent that, you know, Michael played against plumbers and, and, and you know, the NBA wasn't nearly as good back when he played, and that's why he dominated. I think it's, it's plain to see that uh, 1998 was not that long ago in, in NBA terms, and that competition was just as fierce as it is today, possibly more so. So to see him playing in, in vivid HD like that was striking to me. Um, we spoke to Asif Kapadia about his uh, Maradona film, uh, Jason, and there's elements uh, watching The Last Dance and the kind of circus around Jordan especially uh, that, that kind of resonated there because you, you, when you watch the Maradona film, you think, well, I fancy living that life. You know, you're always surrounded by cameras, microphones. There's, there's always a, a, about 20 people surrounding you barking out questions and and that was that. I mean, Jordan, you know, he's, he's right at the centre all of that, and it, it could it must have been a, a tough existence sometimes. Well, I wish we could have started our doc out with a high speed chase because that was, <laughs> that was really uh, and 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 from why I hear that's what it's like to drive with Michael. He likes to he likes to step on the gas. But yeah, it, it's it's one of the things I really wanted to examine in this doc is is uh, what it is like to experience that from the inside um the rise to, to to fame and then you know at, at the peak of of pop culture globally uh that was episode five and, and then episode six is the toll that, that fame takes the, the price of fame uh nothing is for free and and you know for better or worse i don't know that michael knew what he was signing up for because you know we, we were entering a new age of media a new age of satellite and cable television no one had been as easily uh, shown around the globe as a superstar uh, ever because the technology didn't exist. So, so Michael's rise paralleled the rise of technology and, and the rise of, of, you know, American pop culture being a commodity on the other side of the planet. And all of a sudden, this guy was the face of it. And it, it, it's a lot for one human being to handle. And as you'll see in the episodes to come, he actually needs to step away and take a break for a while. Mm. And the second episode, sort of centering on Scotty Pippen. I mean, sometimes people go on about how much sports stars earn and how overpaid they are. But this guy, I mean, he was one of the most underpaid players in history. I mean, yeah, he did all right, but the, the club took advantage of him, didn't they? And by the end of it, no wonder they fell out. It was a pretty, they treated him pretty poorly, I thought. I don't agree with that. I, th I think that they, okay. Scotty, knew, Scotty knew what he was signing. Scotty's a big boy. He's an adult. And he knew that he was signing an $18 million deal for seven years. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, told him, do not sign this. I wouldn't sign this if I were you. This is not a good contract. But 
Scotty, and, and this is, I don't disagree with you to denigrate Scotty because I have a ton of respect for Scotty and, and I really like him as a person and respect him even more in, in telling his story and getting to know where he's from. But that, where he is from is the reason why he signed such a conservative deal. He grew up with a household of 14 people under one roof. And it was, you know, a shack, I think, is being generous for where they lived in, in rural Arkansas, which, which for your listeners is, is a, a really um, just abject poverty is, is what he came from. And two of the 14 people under that roof were confined to wheelchairs because of a stroke and because of a freak accident that his brother had at, at, uh, in gym class at school one day. So he knew that it could all be snuffed out in a moment. And he also knew that he had to take care of a large family back home. So he purposely took that deal because he needed to be conservative and safe. Now, he's so talented that he outplayed the value of his contract very soon. And you could definitely say that Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, could have ripped that contract up and written him a new contract. It would have been fair. It would have been generous. But he was not required to do so. And he made it very clear to Scotty, I will not. If you sign this deal, you sign this deal. Michael Jordan was making $4 million a year up until 1996 he was wildly underpaid now the final two years of his bulls contract he made 30 million and 33 million respectively uh and he was making a lot more off the court as well but michael signed a four million dollar deal and he knew that that was the case and he said i'll never come back and renegotiate and he never did he absolutely could have in 92 or 93 gone back to jerry reinsdorf and said hey i'm sitting out unless you pay me quadruple this but he never did and scotty handled it differently well, we're, we're all very much enjoying it. It's a great watch, Jason. So uh, well done. Uh, good luck with the, the final bits of editing. It's interesting to hear you're still working on it. That's amazing. So, uh, look, thanks for joining us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we look forward to watching the remaining over here, certainly six episodes. All right, guys, be safe. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then. I've got five questions for Andy on last week's shows. And he's got to try and give me the answers. We do this every Monday because uh, often, you know, you were telling me you had a, you had a chat with some uh, friends on Zoom the other day, uh, didn't you, Andy? So it doesn't really bode well for today's competition. Tell us what <laughs> no, happened. They, well, they said to me, oh, because uh, everybody goes through and describes their week. And they said, well, Andy, well, who did you have on the show last week? I went, Honestly, I, I can't remember even one person. <laughs> I do remember David Morrissey. He was great. And also, David got a very, his stuff got a very brilliant review in The Guardian. It the, did, yeah. We were talking yeah. about that play. Yeah. Okay. Five well, more on that review. in a moment. Now, you may have just done yourself okay. a favor. Uh, firstly, okay. uh, on Friday, we spoke to Benny Howell, the uh, Gloucestershire bowler, uh, who mm. has tr- been trying to perfect what delivery in lockdown? Ah, the knuckleball. The knuckleball. Well done, yeah. Okay. You mm. mentioned David Morrissey, the actor, <coughs> joined me. us on mm. Thursday. And, mm. yeah, he did a, a play which got a great review. I read a very good review in The Telegraph as well today. So, But it's written by which famous playwright? <sighs> which famous? Very <laughs> famous playwright. Well, he did say, he said, he's, you know, it's brilliant to be yeah. doing a piece of work by... This brilliant playwright. I can only think of two famous playwrights, Shakespeare and Harold Pinter. Okay. It's probably neither of those. There, there are. More playwrights <laughs> are available. I'll say you're closer Tom with Tom Stoppard. Tom well Stoppard? Done. Yeah, where did that come from? Oh, no, Google, no I'm idea. guessing. 
No, look, hands, hands free. Uh, okay, yeah. Stewards. There'll be a stewards. I've just seen a flag go up. Uh, but anyway, we'll carry on as if that didn't happen. Uh, you've only, I've only heard of two playwrights, but oh, look, there's a third out of nowhere. All right, next. Uh, Wednesday, we spoke to Gio Calusi, who is a bowling coach in South oh, yeah. Africa. Uh, his partner, um, he taught her how to bat in 21 days. And uh, what's her name? Coco. Oh, blimey. About you. Yeah, you're making it too easy for me today. Well, I'm not, obviously. In, in, <laughs> you can hear that clanking of the keyboard. That's um, very harsh. As well. Johnny Jackson, the assistant manager of Charlton, joined us as well. And Johnny's yeah. been doing fine work for the Children with Cancer Charity, singing songs to raise money. And he, he played us his cover version of which song? Oh, it was, uh, was it That's Entertainment? It was That's Entertainment, yeah. Oh, he did. Look, that's isolation, free, he called it. I could see you were hands-free oh, yes. then. Um, unless Sue's giving you the answers. So, finally, um, <laughs> why did we speak to football historian Martin Westby last Monday? Oh, Martin. Oh, Martin yes. Could be five out of five. <laughs> with pressure. an asterisk, obviously. Martin. On oh, come on, Martin. <laughs> Come on, Martin, please. Why did we speak to Martin Westby, the football historian, on Monday? Can you remember? What's he uncovered? Was it something to do with non-eating para? I don't know why I think that. Oh, no. That's tough to hurry you. No, no, I'm afraid I'll never get it. He discovered the long-lost Sheffield and Hallamshire FA County Cup on eBay. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have got that if we'd say it till tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember they he bought it off eBay? Oh, how could I forget? Yeah. <laughs> there we are then. Four no out well. of five ain't bad. As, uh, Not to bad. Kind of paraphrase. <laughs> Meatloaf. So, um, anyway, uh, let's bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. Rather surprisingly in some ways. Although it's not an unfunny clip, of course. It's not the one we th- the way we thought it would go. But you are the uh, judge and jury on this one. It is Ray Parler trying out for Classic FM on breakfast. On this way in 1800, this absolute floor filler hit the charts. Oh, wow, absolute classic. Yes, on this day, 220 years ago, Ludwig van Beethoven put in his first performance of Symphony in C. Obviously didn't get played in the Arsenal dressing room. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. A bit of a stewards there on Don't Ask Me, but ultimately he didn't get the five. So uh, we we live to fight another day. Uh, That's us. We're back tomorrow from one. Have a fine evening and keep safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.